0: Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to The Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to Episode 17 of The Flying Free Podcast. Rachel and I are here today, and we're going to actually talk about something that someone sent in, someone sent in, a, it was, it, well, it's kind of a question. It's a, she was interested in having us talk about this issue. And Rachel and I, when we read about it, we were just jumping all over it because it's um, something that we've definitely thought a lot about in our own lives. And we are going to enjoy talking about this with you. I think that you will all be able to relate to this person's um, topic that they wanted to bring up. So I'm going to read what she wrote and then Rachel and I are going to dive in. Okay, she said, can you talk about how we are to surrender to God? For years and years, that's what I thought I was doing, and I didn't have to fight for something better in my situation, which I did a lot in calling out my husband's abusive behavior whenever it occurred because I didn't want to fall into the trap of being a doormat. But it was exhausting because my standing up for what's right didn't make him change. In fact, I think just because it was me, a mere woman calling him out, riled him up, so he probably did it more. I thought if I could just point out how he was not behaving in a Christ-like or loving way, it would help him to see, but it never has, and he resents me for having such disrespect. Then I went through times where I tried to say and do very little, even when he continued to behave badly. I and other Christian friends said I should leave it all to God and he would step in and deal with me. I think as Christians, he will ultimately deal with all of this when we get to heaven, but not necessarily here on earth. So while we continue to trust God and live for Him, He may very well not just step in. It's strange how over the years I've seen God step in miraculously in very dramatic ways, but then there are other times when you're convinced He will, but He doesn't. We also have to accept His sovereignty, and all will be revealed to us at a later time, and I'm sure His reasons will be very beautiful. So I think as a Christian woman in an abusive relationship, it would be helpful to explore this idea of submitting everything to God. Maybe this just means accepting a situation in grace and accepting that God won't just appear before your abusive husband and make him change due to the element of free will. But then we as Christians want to do what's right before God. Perhaps it's having right attitudes and trusting God in other ways that he can help us with courage and peace and enable us to step out into the unknown precipice of a new life without our abuser. All the time now, I'm learning that I don't have to bend to my husband's will, and I can simply say no, and he can't make me do what I don't want to. I don't know why it took me so long to realize, that sounds so rebellious, you know, coming from our background, (laughs) doesn't it? Uh I don't know why it took me so long to realize that I have free will and can choose. Please, let me just interject something here. Um, For those of you who are listening, maybe if you've been listening for a long time, you understand where we're coming from. But if you're new, you might think, oh my goodness, who are these people? And I just want you to know that um, we're not talking about healthy marriages here, okay? We're not talking about where you've got two people that are giving and taking. We're talking about dysfunctional, destructive marriages. Where, and, And because we're talking to women of faith, of course, this goes both ways, but we are talking to women of faith who have been in destructive relationships with men who have forced their will... And taken power and control over these women for many, many years, either emotionally, physically, financially, in other ways. So, um, so when this person comes across like they're, you know, I, I can choose. I don't have to bend to my husband's will. That sounds so rebellious, but we're talking about someone who is st- finally learning to grow up and be an adult and stand up and say, no, you can't do this. I have boundaries and you need to respect my boundaries just like I need to respect your boundaries. Goes both ways. All right, um, let's let me go back to this. Uh, maybe it's because I spent so much time trying to please him, so he would show me love. However, I realized that no matter how perfect I was as a wife, it made no difference to how he treated me. It wasn't about my behavior; it was about his and keeping me down and in my so-called subservient place, so he could feel superior. When due to so many years of coercive abuse, I started to withdraw emotionally to protect myself, I realized also I cared less what he thought, and I started to regain my control over my life and emotions. So my point is, it may be helpful to explore what submitting to God means in practice, but also I think we could find helpful examples in the Bible um, where women took action in the face of tyranny and it didn't and didn't just remain passively thinking they were submitting to as well. It's this kind of example which I need to hear over and over again that gives me the courage to dare to imagine a new better life free from daily nonsense. Okay that was an earful but I think she explained really well the dilemma. So Rachel I'm going to let you give some of your thoughts.
1: Right. I love that she's wrestling with all these different thoughts. You can tell she's someone who's waking up to the reality that she's lived in all this time where she thought it was one thing, but now she realizes that something completely different. And so with all of the ramifications that that brings along with it. It's huge. It takes a long time. Um it's exhausting. Uh but it's it's so worthwhile when you're in a in a relationship that is uh, so destructive as I'm sure hers were hers um, was so the idea of surrender I think it's a it's a it's a term we t- toss around in Christian circles quite a bit um, without really thinking about what that might look like in an everyday situation and I know for me um, you know it, it sort of prompted me to want to just sort of be a doormat. and of course there's plenty of opportunity for that in my life my husband liked me like um, so I would just think that like, I just needed to do whatever everyone else said. And that was me working out God's will for me. Like if, if everyone else was telling me what to do, then I was surrendered and, and I was being a, you know, a Christ follower, et cetera. And it wasn't until I, I finally was forced to wake up. Um, like I think this woman was that I realized that that was, something completely different. This, this notion of surrender was, um, actually a very active process in my life. It was, it required me, um, to step up and to, um, be the person that God had be the steward of my life as God had called me to be. Um, but, and to stop trying to control my husband into having a good marriage with me. If that makes sense. Um, but to do what I needed to do, um, as a, a, a woman of faith, a woman of God and and follow him and set boundaries with my husband and let God deal with what, what came from that and see, see where the chips fell, if you will. Does that make sense,
0: Natalie? Yeah, I think, um, I think i it- but I think you have to think too about what it is who you who you actually are surrendering to because I think yeah. a lot of us thought that we were surrendering to God but we were really surrendering to people and what exactly. they and yeah what they wanted for us me to that do
1: the same thing that was I had I had associated I had such a a low view of myself as compared to other people I thought everyone else I had put everyone else in the position of God I've said that before on the yes. Program that I had put everyone else in the position of God. And so they were, if they said something to me, they were obviously speaking for God. If they had some sort of direction or um, something that they wanted me to do, they were speaking for God. And it wasn't until I started to put everything in its right place and let God be God and people be people and allow myself to um, step into the role of being, basically being a human being, not something lesser than um, or something, you know, an entity that was required to be in constant subjugation to other people and other forces, that um, everything fell into place. I'm allowed to um, follow the direction that God has laid out for me and um, be loving and respectful and, and kind and, and live out um, God's truth in this world and allow other people To make their own decisions and they may make a choice to do the same to love to love and follow jesus and to love and love and respect others or they may not and in my case my husband continued to continues to uh, my ex-husband you know didn't want to have a relationship with me in the way that um with with the this new dynamic where i was not going to allow him to take the place of god in my life any longer
0: Can you give an example of when you like maybe one example or one or two examples of when you find, when you, when you actually decided, you know, in this, I'm actually going, I'm going to actually move in this direction or make this choice because I really believe God wants me to make this choice. And then it made your husband upset or it made someone in your church upset and they, they, believed that you were actually rebelling against God rather than doing what you believed you were actually obeying God?
1: Oh, absolutely. So there was a defining moment where I was reading Leslie Vernick's Emotionally Destructive Marriage, and there was a page um, that I just came to, and I was sitting on the back of my back porch, and I, I I was just overcome. She said something about, will you Uh, surrender the outcome of your marriage to God. And I ran inside the house and I sort of like, I fell down in the laundry room and was just screaming my eyes out. And and yes, I will, Lord, I will. And I knew what that meant. I knew that that taking this stand that I had been so scared to do for 13 years, I knew that it could lead to the end. And I had been so scared of that possibility and I'd done everything I could to prevent it. Um, It was something I never, ever wanted, but um, I realized, I was to the point where I realized I could not avoid that possibility any longer, but that something had to change and um, I remember I, I got up off the floor and and the the blood vessels in my eyes and around my eyes had burst because i i had i was the force of of what was going on inside of me came out mm-hmm. when I remember my husband coming home and he was he was very suspicious and, and sort of chuckling at me like such a silly woman, you must have allergies or something like that. Anyway, so that started, (laughs) I was, I was always a butt of his jokes. Um, so that started this whole long process where people, um, would just like, you know, what has gotten into Rachel? You know, what is, she's always been this nice, you know, um, faithful, you know, loving wife and, you know, everyone else um, thought I was sort of the one holding the family together. And and now that I was no longer doing that, um, there was obviously something wrong with me. Mm. Um, And there was plenty of people who, you know, looked at the fact that I, you know, I'd I'd gotten um, to the point where I knew that it wasn't a good plan for me to go to marriage counseling with him. And it's just, you know, that's a shocking idea that, that you wouldn't go to marriage counseling with, to people who, um, you know, honestly don't know very much about, about abuse power dynamics or anything. And they think that marriage counseling is the end all be all. And if you mm-hmm. don't agree with them, then you obviously are rebelling or something like that um, or don't want your marriage to work. And, and they, they're not really, you know, some people that I encountered were not able or willing to do the, the research and to understand they were so stuck in this, in this way of thinking about things um, that they, they already knew everything that, so they didn't really need to consider you know, the things I was learning and was willing to share with them. Um, and I think Natalie, you said that you, in the past, you wish that you would would have tried not to or not tried to explain to people. But I think we all go through this point where we're, we're so excited and and our eyes are so open from the information we're we're learning about we want to share with everyone cuz they'll think we think they'll see cuz it's right. so obvious to us now right um but but they don't because they haven't been living in your life they they yeah. don't know those encounters with your husband um that that they they probably can't even begin to imagine what they do to you but so anyway i had um you know people write me letters that were you know, they told them God, you know, they, they told me that God had told them to, to say those, you know, these things to me about, <laughs> about, um, what I was doing and, and rebuking me and, and how they were being a friend. And because, you know, friends break, I, I can't remember the verse in Psalms. What is it? A thing grateful are the wounds
0: of a friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Faithful are the wounds Faithful
1: of a friend. A friend. Yes. A,
0: than than the kisses of an kisses enemy, of enemy, yeah,
1: exactly, yes. And so I was being kissed by the enemy, and they were uh, being faithful by breaking my bones. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> oh, the love of Jesus. Yes, yes. In the lives of these people, amazing. Yes. Here's um, the thing about that too. I mean, in in the in the private Facebook groups that we ha- that we're part of, the the there are so many women there. They, I mean, <laughs> everyone gets those letters. So if yeah. you're, if you're accidentally listening into this podcast and you, <laughs> and you're thinking about sending a letter like that, just so you know, that's not really very original. And it's also completely not helpful. It's just, it's like, it's like, let's think of a way to kick someone while they're down. Let's just kick them in the back while they're bleeding all over on the ground.
1: Yep. It's and you know what, what's ahead. at the source? Of, I would, I would make a bet that in every single situation, when a person feels like they have to send that sort of communication, there has been a failure to listen. They may yes. have heard a few things and then they made up their mind and then they started spouting off. There has yep. been a failure to listen.
0: Yep. And, you're and, right. They've listened. And you're right. They've taken in what you've said through a certain, a specific lens, but they really weren't, they really didn't get what you were saying at all because they were yeah. too blinded by their own. Um, Pride. Yeah. They're, they're Maybe the propaganda, the religious propaganda that, that yes. they are immersed yes. in. Well, Whatever. and two,
1: and I think fear because you've been taught these things and anything outside of you know, the, the, the norms, like, you know, for example, everyone should go to marriage counseling. Um, it's, it's scary if you, if you start stepping outside that way, because those are, that's what you do. This is the simple formula for when there's marriage problems. And if you step outside of that, then you're obviously wrong in some way, you know? right?
0: Well, I remember when, when I started, I was getting help from my church, and I put help in quotation marks because it wasn't ultimately very helpful at all, but I was getting help from them. And when I I remember when I felt a clear leading from God that I needed to be done with that because it wasn't going anywhere. Nobody was getting, I was just hitting my head against a wall and it was, the Holy spirit just was like, Natalie, why can you not just, why do you have to have these people helping you? I want to help you. Will you, will you look to me? I want to be Mm. your God. These people are your God. You've got these people on a, these people are big in your life. You're scared of them. You want to, you're afraid of what they're going to do to you. If you don't do what they want you to do that, I am a God. I am not a God who inspires fear and burden and trepidation in my children turn, turn to me. I love you. I want to take care of you. Let me lead and guide you. And I was really scared to do that. Cause I, I, th- I had been raised my whole life to believe that whoever was an authority in my life was the voice of God in my life. Exactly. And if I didn't obey them or do what they, or even I was even taught, you know, you should even kind of guess what they want. And even if they don't ask you for what they want you to do, do what you believe they want you to do. Fulfill their wishes because that oh is God. then you are in turn fulfilling the wishes of God Yeah, well, that is complete and total bunk. Yes. It just, it so, but anyway, it. when you're coming out of that, it's very hard to tear yourself away yeah. from that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. And it's, it's really a security blanket. It is. It's so easy to, it's so much easier to look to a person and have that person say, okay, little Johnny do a, b, and c. Okay. I will. That's like, that's like, childlike behavior. I was behaving like a child, but it's much more difficult and requires an intimate faith in Jesus Christ to step away from human beings and to walk with him alone and to do what he's calling you to do, no matter what the fallout is with other people. And when you're getting out of abuse, the fallout is tremendous. If you, um, like you were saying, I mean, even just if you don't go to marriage counseling, it's like, well, are you even a Christian? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right, so, you, know, yeah. you
1: know what? It reminds me of Natalie um, in Acts, where the new church um, is is grappling with leaving behind the old law, the, the, the law and the prophets, and um, leaving behind the um, the all of the extra laws that had been written in addition to the Torah it was scary for them. They, you know, they were wanting to, um, you know, some of the Pharisees were wanting to impose circumcision on the Gentiles, people who'd never followed those types of laws, um, even, and they were coming to faith and and the Pharisees wanted to tell them that they, they had to be circumcised, you know, in order to, to belong to the faith. And, um, thank goodness, James, the brother of Jesus stepped up and said, let's not make it any harder for people to follow God. And, but the thing is, it was, it was sort of a security blanket because they allowed them to feel like they, you know, to have a a concrete marker that they were on the right side of God, right? Right. A visible sign. Um, and I think walking with the spirit as Paul refers to it, it, it's a, it's scarier and it's harder. It, It requires more devotion. It requires your heart. It doesn't just require, um, you know, fulfilling rituals, um it, it's everything.
0: Right. So, well and there's there's a there's a faith aspect to it as well when you are looking at other people and seeing how they're walking with God. Because I, I I don't know if I mean in our experience especially getting out, we've seen a lot of controlling abusive behavior on the part of Christians who believe that it is their duty yeah. to cross over into the boundaries of other people and to tell people what to be the Holy Spirit in other people's lives. Even yeah. us as women, we tried to do that with our abusers. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. We tried to tell them what they should do. And we tried to make them do it. We, you got to get better. You got to when, instead of just letting them make their own choices and realizing we're not responsible for their behavior, we yeah, don't have to be on the guilt of what they're doing, even if they try to shame us and put it on us, which they always do. We don't have to take that and we don't have to try to change them. We can't, in fact, we can't change other people. Only God can do that, but we can change ourselves. And we do need to, we do need to make choices for ourselves. So if someone, um, so in, in our situation, both you and I, Rachel, we decided, we eventually came to the the point where we said, okay, husband, you Get to choose for yourself, and you have you've made your choice clear. And so now I choose because you're choosing to behave in destructive ways towards me. I choose to get away from you permanently and to legally um, protect myself from you via divorce, and and that's perfectly acceptable. There's that's a perfectly acceptable. We 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 can talk about divorce in another one. We're not going to go into that here, but. That's a perfectly acceptable thing to make your own adult choice if someone else refuses to come around and meet you halfway and treat you with respect and you know certainly your spouse of all people then you get to you get to choose to leave. So here, so let's let's go back a little bit. One of the things she said cuz we're we need to wrap it up. We have about 7 more minutes. One of the things she said is she was wondering if there's anybody in the Bible who took initiative, but, and when you take initiative, you know, so, okay. So her dilemma is, well, do I just sit and wait for God to make these changes in the life of my husband or should I take initiative? Should I, and then are there any examples in the Bible of women who took initiative instead of just waiting for God, just going, Oh Lord, please save our family from like, for example, let's take Abigail's story. You know, what if Abigail um, David was going to come and kill their whole household because Nabal, her foolish husband, we talked about this in another podcast, but mm-hmm. you know, her foolish husband was going to, um, had offended David. So what if Abigail just said, okay, all of my friends, let's get together and let's just pray and hope and hope for the best. Well, they'd all be, you know, they would all have been dead or what if, um, What if Jail, when uh, that one guy that she killed, she took a stake and drove it through his head? I can't even remember what his name was.
1: Um,
0: Um, I should have looked up the story. I don't
1: want to say Gideon. It's not Gideon.
0: No. But anyway, Jail was was a woman who this general came into her tent and she pretended like she was his friend. And then when he fell asleep, she drove a tent peg. What if she didn't do that? What if she just sat there wringing her hands going, Oh Lord, what should I do? What should I do? I'm just going to trust that you'll take his life. Now this is, by the way, this is not an endorsement for murdering people. Okay. This was a war. (laughs) They were in a war. Okay. Uh Um, Or what if Ruth had never laid down at, the feet of Boaz. She had to, I mean, talk about awkward. Yeah. She had to actually go and do that in order. And then, you know, she ended up getting married to him, but she had to take initiative. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. Well, and I think what these stories show is that acting in an attitude of surrender is a very, actually an active process. It's not something that's passive and, um, and, and, and just being a doormat. It is, taking action and letting, um, God work through you and also letting God have the results. So not being, um, attached to a certain kind of outcome, um, but being faithful in the moments and, and, and doing what needs to be done as the spirit leads, right. That is surrender.
0: Right. Well, and think about all the things that a woman getting out of an abusive relationship has to give up and surrender yeah. to God. Oh, yeah. She has to surrender her reputation. She has to surrender her children. She has to surrender her career or her life or her financial status, her home. Mm-hmm. She has to surrender everything. She has laid low. She has to surrender her friendships. She has to surrender. So she's taken initiative to do what I f- believe is right in standing up and saying no to abuse and she has to get surrender all of these things to God. It is, it is takes a tremendous amount of faith for women to do that. And, mm-hmm. and now, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to knock people who decide to stay in their destructive relationship. I think that takes a tremendous amount of faith as well. And mm-hmm. if you are someone who believes strongly that the Holy spirit is leading you to stay, then you stay. And this is where this is—I I almost touched on it, and then we skittered away from it uh, a few minutes ago. But this is where we need to trust that God is working in our fellow Christians' lives, our brothers and sisters' lives, just as much as He's working in our life. Mm-hmm. And we can't—we don't know—and we are being arrogant to think that we can presume to know what God is leading one person to do compared to what God is leading you to do. Just because God leads me to get out does not mean that he's gonna lead every woman to get out, okay? Right. And just because God's leading some women to stay, there were some women I knew personally who were staying, they still are staying, and they, fortunately, the, uh, one woman I'm thinking of in particular, she never, ever discouraged me from making the choice to leave. She supported me either way. So she, that is the epitome of Christianity, Absolutely. I believe. Yeah. She, she trusted that God, that Jesus was, that the Holy Spirit was strong enough to lead in my life. And she also trusted that the Holy Spirit was strong enough to lead in her life and that we are not cookie cutter people. God mm-hmm. has different jobs for different people and different circumstances. And that is why it is so important that we're listening to Him and not other people.
1: Yes. Trusting in him and allowing him to be enough and to bringing him to the very core of who you are um, and and allowing that to push out the things that had been crowding that space if that makes sense you know the the this, the things you mentioned earlier the 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 life that you had built and the reputation you had and all of that just allowing him to take over that space and to be enough
0: there right and one last thing too that I want to make sure we touch on is that if you do, no matter what you decide, stay, leave or other just, you know, this could apply to any large decision that you have to make in your life. Sometimes we think as Christians that if we made the right choice, then all of these great things are going to happen afterwards. You Mm -hmm. know, there's going to be no pain. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But you get, it's like, it's like when you're a little kid and you do the right thing and then you get a piece of candy. Well, no, we're not kids anymore. And that's not how it works. When you make the right choice, often things get much, much worse. Mm -hmm. But here's the, think about it. Jesus went to the cross. Um, Christianity spread, but they went through a lot of persecution, especially initially. The church has been through all kinds of stuff. Things don't, as long as we live in a fallen world, Things are, are not, things are never, ever going to be a bed of roses for any of us, no matter what choice we make. Um, but we, it's the, the whole point is not the end destination. It's not the piece of candy at the end of the road or the, you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's the journey. It's yes. the faith journey. Mm-hmm. The, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is when we go into eternity and we are finally with face-to-face with our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a pot of gold. Until we get there, there is no pot of gold. It's just a journey of walking with him and trusting him and going deeper and deeper and deeper into relationship with him. And as you do that, and that's going to mean entering into his sufferings, okay? It's Mm going to mean entering into being ridiculed and rejected and told you're the son of a devil and the whole nine yards. And yet, as you do that, your light... And your love will begin to shine and pour out through you into the world around you because it can't help but do that. When you are listening to Holy Spirit and allowing him to live through you, he is going to touch the people around you. And when you see that, that's just going to be an extra blessing in your life. And it's just so you you can see there is so much good that comes out of this. But um, it is just, it's a walk of faith and it's very exciting and it's also very painful and it's also very profound and that's the journey that we're on as Christians. So that's our quest.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't trade it. It's so worthwhile to walk minute by minute with God and allow him, um, just allow yourself surrender to being his vessel here on earth and allowing his love to seep through. And and trusting that he is um he's good even in the pain and, and he he knows your pain. He saw everything and he's with you.
0: That's right. Amen. All right. That's all we have for today. Thank you for joining. Oh, I wanted to say a couple things. Um, first of all, I I'm still waiting to get 10 reviews. I think I got six or seven that came in. This is from, I I keep forgetting to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up this time. If I can get 10 reviews, I will pick one of those people and I will send you a copy of my book. Is it me making sense of your confusing marriage? A Christian woman's guide to hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. You can find it on Amazon, but if you want a free copy, um, leave a review on Apple Apple Podcasts, is that what it's called? Or Mm -hmm. iTunes? Um, If you don't know how to do that, and by leaving a review, please leave a rating, but by leaving a review, you actually talk about how this podcast, why this podcast is important to you, and how you think that it can impact other people. Um, And if you don't know how to do that, if you go to my website, flyingfreenow.com, there up on the menu bar, it says podcast. If you click on that, you'll see all the podcasts and all of them have the instructions you just click into any of them you can click into this one and the the instructions for how to leave a review will be in there and then send me an email and let me know that you did that um so that i can enter you in the drawing and my email address is natalie at flyingfreenow.com um and let's see i i think that yeah that's it we're done Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk. We'll see you next week, or we'll hear you next. How how would I say? That? <laughs> we'll
1: we'll, we'll talk connect to you next next week.
0: Next week. <laughs> All right, fly free.